Hi, everyone. My name is Al D, and I am the host of the MBA Insider Podcast, a podcast for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help you grow your career. Hey everyone, welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm your podcast host, and I'm going today to talk a little bit about what MBA students can do with the recruiting process and just their MBA experience in light of everything that's going on right now with COVID-19 and just the general overall job market. This is a it's a challenging time. I think for everyone in particular, those of you who came to school with a goal of transitioning into a new career or growing your existing one and just taking a look out into the internship or job market and just trying to come up with some sense of optimism just with everything that's going on in in the news and everything that's going on in the state of the world. And I wanted to do my best to talk maybe through just some thought processes that you can think about and consider as you think about your own career search, you know, in this time. And in order to, you know, prepare for this podcast, I I went and did some research just based off of what's happened in previous recessions and, and the like. And I hope I can share some insights with you that will hopefully help you as you think about what to do moving forward and, and really how to make sense of this time. So I guess just to start, Uh, I want to frame up just and give you some thoughts about things that I have been thinking about as it pertains to everything that's going on right now and how it relates to you as an MBA student. And I think the first thing that comes to mind with all of this is that it's out of your control. Um, This, what's happening in the world with COVID-19 is just out of anyone's real control. And that is both the freeing, but also challenging aspect about this, right? In that on one hand, there isn't really anything anyone can do, could do about it because it is so far out of your control. But I also appreciate and feel very much that some of you probably are struggling because of the fact that if it was within your control, you would feel like you could have autonomy to do something about that. So it is really out of your control. And in a lot of ways, It is just out of any of our controls. And in these kinds of situations, I think what we all typically tend to feel a lot of times is a sense of that this is unfair, that this is wrong. And and why did this happen to me? And I, first of all, I think that whenever you have feelings, you should feel them because they're very valid and they're very, very real. But I think one of the most important things you can do after you've kind of cycle through those feelings and let them feel, feel and let and feel them. Uh, at some point you have to accept the fact that there are always going to be things that are without out of your control. And what you really should focus on are the things that are within your control, because that is what you can change. And with respect to your career search and, you know, thinking about that, you can't control what happened in the past but you can control how you move forward and how you spend your time and how you prioritize how you go about your career search moving forward. And that is very much a choice 
know that you can make. And that won't mean that it's easy, but it is a conscious choice that you can decide. And I think that it is helpful to do that and that it will, I think, give you, give you that agency that you desire with respect to what's within your control and allow you to block out the things that are outside of your control. So that's the first thing I would want to think about. Um, the second thing I want to think about is that when something of a big magnitude like this happens to anyone, I think what it does is it gives you a chance to reset and to think. And with any big scenario or life scenario, I think that's true, but in particular with something like this and the famous historian, uh, Caroline Walker Bynum once said, um, change is what forces us to ask us who we are. And I think that's a really great quote and a really poignant quote because particularly being in a time in school where you're constantly asking you know, yourself or you have the ability to ask yourself meaningful and deep questions about what it is you're meant to be doing or what career you want to be in, I think this gives you even more permission to take the time to do that at this point. And in some ways, it's kind of, uh, it can be freeing in a lot of ways because, or for some of you, you may realize that when you ask that question, based off of the landscape right now, who you are or what you're going to do is going to be different than what it was maybe a month ago. And those, you know, being able to ask yourself those questions, those fundamental questions, I think can be a really valuable exercise and really meaningful in a lot of ways. So my guidance to you is if you haven't asked yourself some of those bigger questions about what truly do you want to do or what does your longer term success look like or what, what, do, what are some of those longer term goals or what do you want to be known for or what, is, what do you want people to say about you at your 10-year reunion or what, wants, what do you want to write about yourself at your 10-year reunion, things like that. I think now is a great time to do that because it really, this is really a big moment where you have a chance to ask those questions. And I think for some of you, you'll find that based off of what's happening and based off of what some of your original goals were in the short term, at least, they may have to change, whether that's pro, maybe prolonging them out, pushing them out, or maybe changing altogether. Uh, for some of you, it may just mean that you're doubling down and hunkering down and just accepting that it's going to be a challenging couple weeks, couple months. But the goal is to being thoughtful and intentional and taking the time to be thoughtful and, and intentional about what you're trying to set and achieve. And I think now is the time to do it because it really gives you time to pause and think. I think the, the third thing that comes to mind is just this idea that when these things happen, when big things happen, it gives you a chance to take an unexpected road. And I think that there, you know, regardless of, of whether it's society or just the way that our minds kind of work, we, many of us kind of equate a career journey, almost like a, uh, I like to call them business school chart where everything goes up and to the right. And what I've learned from my experience from watching a lot of people in their careers is that there are very few careers that kind of work up and to the right where you're constantly just advancing, advancing, advancing one after the next. It, and to me, it looks more like a, a journey up a mountain where you're kind of going around winding roads and winding paths until you kind of, you know, at some point maybe like get to the end end destination. It is, it's an expedition, if you will, and you're making stops at various points along the way. And I think 
now is a perfect example of when there might be some twists and turns or an unexpected road that you're taking because of the fact of the change that is happening, you know, in the world. And, um, you know, I love the Mike Tyson quote that uh, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. And not that anyone got punched in the face, but I, I think metaphorically speaking, I think that is what some of some of the, some of this is, is, is happening right now. And the thing about it is that when, when these kinds of things happen, when they, they throw you off or you end up having to take a new, a new route or a new road, while I think there's a lot of angst and concern at first, the reality of it is, is that there's a lot of angst and concern because you're not exactly sure where the path is going to lead you. But on the flip side of that, that also serves as a opportunity to chart an entirely new course. And a lot of times there's a lot of opportunities that are out there that we just can't envision for ourselves because it's just not in our mindset. So I, I really encourage you if this is, is something that's facing you where you are potentially facing a, a road or a path that is divulging from what you thought um, to try to lean into it and, and embrace it. And as long as it seems like it, it directionally aligns with where your long-term goals are that you've defined to be open to taking that path versus what you thought it was going to be. So I think there's a lot of opportunity that, that, that is out there and in that, in that respect. And then I would say the last thing that I would really think about and really focus on is that these moments, these moments like this, they, they really teach you both resilience and, and, and perse- perseverance. And I think resilience is, is such a, such an important, um, it's such an important topic and such an important skill to have. And it is something based off of um, research that people actually, it's, it's not a fixed skill. It's something that is very malleable. If people, it is a, it is a set of learnable behaviors um, that you can kind of go through in order to, you know, build that resilience within you. And I think that's so important because, Life is not rainbows and butterflies. It never has been, and it and it won't be. There's always going to be setback. There's always going to be challenge. And I think if we all kind of look deeply in our own past and our own experience, we can look to certain points where we encountered some some kind of adversity, where we thought it was insurmountable or we thought it was really challenging. But at some point, we were able to overcome it and work through that. And it may have been painful. It may have been challenging at the time, um, but we were able to work through it and there's lessons that we learned from it. And those lessons strengthened us and made us stronger. And I think this too will uh, give you a chance to build those skills, uh, that, that resilience and that perseverance to kind of help you, help you continue to move forward. And, and I think that in the future, when you do get other challenging situations or other things kind of go wrong, this experience, you know, will certainly, will certainly help kind of shape that. And so, um, you know, I think that there are, um, you know, a couple different ways in which we can kind of build that resilience. And I'm, I'm taking this um, a little bit from, if any of you are familiar with Adam Grant, the uh, professor at Wharton, who, um, along with Cheryl Sandberg, wrote uh, the book Option B, um, which is a little bit about um, how Cheryl um, was able to kind of navigate and move forward after the the passing of the death of her husband. And uh, the the three kind of 
things that they talk about in the book with, or what they call the, uh, the three, uh, the three P's. And so, um, the, the, the three P's, if we can kind of avoid these or, or kind of do the opposite of these, we can kind of work through and build that resilience. Um, the first thing is, is this idea around personalization. So if we reject personalization, what that means is that, um, we remember that not everything happens to us, um, happens because of us. And this is what goes back to this notion of it, this not being our fault. Like this is none of our faults. Like it, ha- it, it, it just happened. Right. So we have to reject that notion. The other thing we can do is around pervasiveness. So conquer pervasiveness. And what this means is that, um, you know, being able to kind of um, keep a journal and capture some things that went well uh, during, you know, any given day or throughout any given points of this job search. And what this means is that not every single aspect of your life is going to be impacted by this. There still could be other things that are going well, even if um, this is a challenging experience for you in terms of finding a job or finding a career. Maybe you, uh, there's someone in your family has a great accomplishment going on. Maybe you um, have another great accomplishment going on. Many of you will still graduate in a couple weeks. You know, those are all other aspects of your life that don't, are not impacted by this. And so I'm remembering that those are moments that are to be celebrated and that those are moments that bring you joy and that bring you happiness. And while this is challenging too, it's being able to understand that there's other things that are going on that are helpful as well and that are meaningful as well. So being able to conquer that pervasiveness and not letting it ruin everything going on. And then the last P is this idea around permanence and we can overcome permanence. And with this, we have to remember that, as I was saying before, there are other times in the past where we had adversity and we were able to work through it. You know, and this, you know, many of you might be saying to yourself, oh, I'll never be able to get over this. And while in the moment you may be thinking about that, I'm sure you said that at some point previously, it was something really challenging and you were able um, to get through it again. And so I think that resilience, I think, will really be, um, you know, very helpful in a time like this and will help you kind of navigate some of the tricky emotions and thoughts and feelings that you're probably experiencing or some of you may be experiencing, you know, in a time like this. And then very tactically, you know, I think for, for this, this will not be the last time that you search for a job. It just won't for the majority of you. Um, Most people who leave business, who graduate from business school uh, or particularly full-time programs, um, the next job will not be your last one. And so all the skills that you're building now, all the things that you're going through, you will have to use again at some point in your career. Um, As an example, I left my post MBA job two years after I did it and had to use all those same skills I learned in business school about career management and career development. And so these, um, you know, I guess a a solace in this is that what you're experiencing right now, what you're going to have to go through is going to stick with you for the rest of your career and you will rely on it again and again and again. So you're, if anything, this resilience is going to be helpful because it's going to help inform other career decisions you make in the future. And while you may not be able to kind of appreciate that in the moment, in a couple of years down the road, when you end up switching to another job, you'll remember and think back to, oh, I'm really glad I, I had that experience because it taught me so much and was able to, able to help get through that. So um, what I also want to do is to, to kind of talk about um, a couple of things that I think you can do right now um, to help get you in the mindset 
to continue on that career search as you move forward, whether it's for looking for a summer internship or if it's looking for a full-time opportunity. And I think the first thing, you know, starts with that reset button and it's all about taking the time to reset and reflect. And really what you want to think about are, you know, number one, what are your strengths and what are examples of where you've exhibited them? Um, Number two, what do you want to do and what do you like doing? Um, You know, what are those things that you see, you like to see in the next role that you have um, or the next, you know, experience that you have that you want to take on? And then the third thing I would maybe think about is what, what are your long-term goals? And I think a simple exercise like that is really valuable, even if they don't change, because it just gives you the confidence that even through a big experience like this, you have a direction and path that you want to move in um, to move forward. You know, I think the second thing that you can do is just to, once you get up and running and feel good about pursuing and going forward with your job search is to continue researching opportunities out there and being persistent with that whether that's on LinkedIn, whether that's on other job boards, whether that's with the career portal at your school. Certainly the Career Management Center will, pro- will be working really hard to identify those employers who are looking for candidates because it's in their best interest. And so once you get into that headspace where you can start to search again, or you can start to get active, I would definitely look for those opportunities that are out there. Uh, certainly, I think another thing that you can do right now, or you can start to think about, particularly um, for uh, for you folks out there, is around being able to build skills and skill building and upskilling. If you're a first year and you're still trying to find an internship experience, you know one thing that you might want to think about is if that internship isn't going to happen over the summer, you know what are some side projects you can take on to get the types of skills and experiences you would have gotten out of an internship. So really taking and deconstructing that internship, that ideal internship and a project that you would have gotten for it and trying to work on or work on a project on your own. If you're a full time, uh, I'm sorry, if you're a second year, you know, now is a really good time to start building some of those skills and taking on projects that will help you get the skills to get the job that you're looking for. Right. And in addition to obviously your past internship experience and everything else that you took on uh, previously. And there's a couple ways that I think you can think about or do this, right? Um, So first, obviously within the school. So being able to, you know, talk to professors or administrators, if there's independent study classes or ability to kind of do research with a professor or work on a case with a professor, or maybe there's Maybe there's budget to, for them to help you kind of take something on if you're a first year as like a project um, for a specific set of skills you're trying to build or a specific set of experiences that you're looking for. You know, I think another thing that works really well is to start, you know, kind of creating stuff on your own. Maybe there's a side project you always wanted to work on, right? Maybe you're looking for a product management job and there is a, 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 web, a, web, a web app you can spin up or a, a, an app you can build or Um, a problem that you're looking to solve and then building a product to kind of like solve it and, you know, working with, you know, um, some folks on on something like that. If you're looking at marketing roles, you know, can you build your own portfolio and start um, putting some of your work up or can you work on actual stuff like um, starting your own blog? I mean, that's what actually what I did when I was in business school Um, that that's how I started MBA school and, or, you know, being able to, start a podcast even on a topic that you care about or you're interested in or if you're any of for any role 
Um, there's a lot of nonprofits, nonprofit organizations, churches, small businesses out there that are, that are hurting. You know, once things get a little bit back to nor- normal, quote unquote, um, can you take on a project for one of them to help them redo their marketing or help them, uh, you know, figure out kind of their cash flow projections or how much money they're going to need to raise to get up and running and stuff like that. So being able to think creatively about how you can start doing something that helps you build your skills that, so that makes you a better, more marketable candidate. And if anything, gives you something to talk about when you step into an interview coming up. I think those are all really good things and ideas and avenues, you know, certainly to explore. Um, you know, and, and selfishly, um, for anyone interested in product marketing out there, um, you, if, if you're someone who's interested in either in a product marketing or a full-time product marketing internship, like a role, I think this is an absolute must-do for you, whether that means coming up or writing some blog posts on a particular industry or uh, um, set of like companies that you're interested in, whether that is um, maybe like evaluating kind of the marketing and the messaging and positioning of a bunch of different um, companies, or maybe, you know, uh, honestly, like reviewing the COVID responses from a lot of different companies and brands and kind of analyzing them and writing a couple posts on it or something and putting it on LinkedIn or putting it on your own portfolio or writing on medium or some of these other places. Those are all things that demonstrate skills that a product marketer would have. And so those are all things that are within your control that you can think about and do, or even, you know, another really great way to do this, whether it's for your product mark, if you're interested in product marketing or some of these other things to put them to use is through your student clubs and organizations and, you know, being able to kind of um, serve in that capacity and use some of those skills to build, um, build some skill, additional skills there. I think those are all some really good ideas. And then last but not least, and this one should be a, uh, a no-brainer at this point because many of you are already doing it, um, connect and build relationships through networking. This is, this is a great time to learn, um, to get advice, and to really build relationships with people that are out there. I think that one of the things that at least I'm feeling and I'm sure many of you are feeling right now is I think how important relationships are in our lives. And it's challenging sometimes that we take that for granted and we have to have something like a global pandemic for, for it to underscore that. But even forget um, the fact that you need referrals and forget the fact you need alum to vouch for you if you're going to get into a specific company or industry. Um, take the time to connect with people um, and to learn about what they're working on, what they're up to, how they're doing. Um, certainly make it relevant to the, the roles you're looking for or the industries you're looking to get in, um, but use this as a chance to really learn. I think that there's absolutely a desire right now for people who want to network and who want to talk with other people and also people who want to help. There's a lot of people out there who are really interested in, in engaging and speaking with students right now because they empathize and understand um, the challenges that are out there. And, and, and what students are having to go through, having to graduate in a time like this. So definitely take advantage of that. And um, I think that will be like a super, super important thing as you navigate your search. I think the, one of the main messages here from everything I've just said is that many of these things were just as important before a month ago as they are today. But I think many of them become more important to you as you move forward, just particularly in you know, the job market, that is what we have. So those are some things that you can do uh, as you think about how to move forward in your own career search. What I want to talk about next is, and last, is to 
provide some context. And I actually did a little bit of research over the weekend. This is certainly not the first time that we've entered a challenging job market or MBAs have entered a challenging job market. Um, there have been many other times in our history when that's happened. And I think most notably, there was the, you know, certainly the Great Recession 2008, 2009. And there was a lot of challenges for MBA students then. And then also looking back to kind of the dot-com bust in 2000, 2001 and, and what happened there. And I actually went and did a little bit more research over the weekend just to kind of look and see what things were happening or what was going on and what that experience was like. And so certainly the circumstances, you know, for the 2009 recession were a little bit different in the financial crisis versus what we're dealing with COVID-19. But I came across an article over the weekend uh, from Bloomberg and, 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 and they had in 2014 done an analysis of the career paths that were taken by about a thousand graduates from the class of 2009. And the, you know, kind of the, the takeaway is, is that those graduates from the class of 2009 who graduated at the recession, um, while things were challenging, they, many of them ended up just fine. So during this analysis, they randomly chose about 30 graduates from each of the top 30 ranked MBA programs, and then 10 graduates from each of the top 10 international programs. And the job data was collected from LinkedIn profiles, and then they compared this to the jobs reported by respondents in the 2009 Business Week MBA student survey. And so of the 889 students for whom data was available, about 393 of them, or 44%, had changed employers since graduating. And then about 496 of them, or 56%, were still at their first post-MBA companies, um, with about half of those, or about 52% of those, having changed jobs within their respective companies. And a job change could be a promotion or maybe a move into another business unit or something like this. So in the article, they later go on to try to you know, understand what some of these implications were and what happened. And a couple of things kind of came to light. So the first is that the, the number of students who had switched jobs seemed pretty high. And the hypothesis there was that as better jobs became available, when the economy picked back up, people switched. Um, the second thing, you know, with that um, was, you know, people got promoted. And then, you know, as they got promoted, they looked for new opportunities. And so um, the takeaway here is that there is some, there people have gone through recessions before who have graduated from business school and the long-term value of the MBA um, is still very high. And it is an investment you make for the longevity of your career. And so for some people, this may mean that while this may mean that they may need to take a a plan B or a plan C from graduating from business school, there still is plenty of opportunity for mobility and the ability to transition and learn uh, and grow. Um, it just may happen a little bit later than they um, had imagined, or maybe in a different way than they had imagined. So the the upshot, things work out. Um, they really do. And the other kind of data point here is that the GMAC, GMAC, the grad, um, they do a student satisfaction survey you know, every year where they survey graduates. And one of the things that they do is they certainly will take a look at how students feel, you know, at the, um, uh, with, you know, across the student satisfaction and the value of their degree. And when they took a look at these students um, who graduated, who, who had been five years out um, from 2009, so in 2014, 
uh, they took a look at their student, their satisfaction with their degree and how they, if they were satisfied and what their ROI was. And by all indications, the numbers were very consistent with any other year. So that's the good news is that we've been through this before and that there are plenty of opportunities to, um, um, even if you don't get something right away where you can still feel like over the long term course of your career, it was a good decision to go to business school. Now, you know, very tactically, um, there were some students who were actually quoted in these articles that I had read over the weekend just about, um, you know, during the recession, you know, what it was like to be in business school, and what it was like to be an MBA student. And um, in one of the articles, the, there was a student who um, he actually graduated from Cornell and he got an offer to work for a consulting firm in London. And this was in 2009 and he wasn't sure at first if it was going to happen or not. Uh, and he did, ended up happening. So he moved to London. He's worked for a few months and then a few months into the job, he and about a hundred of his fellow new hires got laid off, many of whom were MBA hires. And instead of kind of waiting around, um, this individual had previously volunteered with a, uh, with an, a leading nonprofit, the Clinton Health Access Initiative. And he went back to them and they actually hired him. And he has been with that organization until this day. There was another student in the article, and I, by the way, I'll share some of these articles in the show notes so you can take a look at them. He was a graduate of the Northwestern uh, uh, Kellogg MBA program. And initially, he wanted to find a hedge fund, uh, a hedge fund or a role after um, graduation. And, you know, being in the financial services industry in 2008, 2009 was pretty challenging. So during school, he decided to pivot uh, to corporate, looking at corporate finance jobs. And while it wasn't his option, you know, plan A, like it was plan B, and sure enough, right after business school, within a few months, he got hired in a corporate finance route. And I just took a look at him on LinkedIn today. Um, not only did he become a VP, but now he's an investment officer for an investment management firm you know, in Chicago. So again, didn't get to the ideal plan A, but plan B looks like it worked out pretty well. Then um, another, uh, another student uh, who also who graduated from my alma mater, uh, UNC Keenan Flagler um, Business School. So he graduated in 2008. And he was fortunate enough to actually land a job um, at, at, uh, at a consulting firm. And uh, when he started, he just, he saw the writing on the wall and he saw the economy tanking and it being a challenging time. And after a short time of being at that consulting firm, he decided to take a risk and join a startup uh, that had 10 people. And that was in the kind of the ad tech space. And you know, in the article, it quotes him saying is, you know, I personally felt like I lost a lot of faith or trust that the jobs at big companies would always be there. And so he took a job at this startup and working in business development. And looking at back at that, it was actually a pretty smart move because today this, um, so this was back in 2010. So 10 years later, today, he is the uh, chief client officer at this company. And it's one of the uh, biggest named ad tech companies that's out there. So a little bit unexpected for sure. Wasn't, you know, management consulting what he thought he was going to do forever, but clearly, you know, it worked out. 
So uh, I tell those stories and I try to illustrate them because they all are different examples of how people kind of took different paths as a result of what happened during their time in business school and given what was going on in the economy at the time. But I think it's important to, you know, illustrate the fact that while for some of them, they took unexpected twists and turns, you know, by all accounts from what we can gather, you know, things worked out and for many of you, they will just, they will as well. And I think that's important to remember because in the short term, it may mean doing something else or doing something different than what you wanted. But, you know, as you persevere and as you work through and as things happen in life, um, more opportunities will kind of, you know, certainly emerge. So that is what I wanted to cover. And I, I'm very um, sympathetic to the challenges that students are facing right now. And so I hope that this was helpful just in terms of number one, helping process and kind of manage and think about some of the things that have happened over the past couple of weeks and how you might respond to it. And then number two, giving you some ideas about things you can focus on right now to help you kind of move forward in the job search. And then number three, hopefully giving you an idea of what it was like for other MBA students who had graduated during recession what ended up happening to them and where they are now. But I wish you all the best and I know that things will work out and I hope you have the confidence to keep doing what you're doing and being persistent and resilient because I think that will be the key to helping you um, land that next opportunity and taking the next step in your career. Hi everyone, LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to head over to iTunes and write a review. It will take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how I can improve it. You can find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschool.com to learn more.